0: Thanksgiving from all of us here at the disenfranchised podcast. Yes, we're that podcast all about those franchises of one, those films that fancy themselves full-fledged franchises before falling flat on their face after the first film. I am your host Stephen Foxworthy, uh, and uh, that guy over there with the uh, the fedora pulled down over his eye and uh, talking to a, a cat girl. Well, that's my co-host Brett Wright. Hey, Brett. <laughs> Brett, you seem frustrated on this joyous day of uh of gluttony and um uh what's the other thing oh um expansionism.
1: Yeah, not not frustrated
0: so much as just dead inside. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh is it because we've uh we've both just finished watching this turkey of a movie?
1: Yes, one hundred percent that
0: um. Yeah, that's right In in celebration of this joyous holiday Last year we did uh, a little film Called The November Man This year we decided to go the food route And Brett, what movie are we talking about today?
1: I would have rather watched November Same. Man again um, We're talking about
0: Food Fight Yes, 2012's Food Fight Directed by Lawrence Kazanov With a story by Kazanov and Joshua Wexler and a screenplay by Brent V. Friedman, Rebecca Swanson, Sean Catherine Derrick, and Lawrence Kazanoff again. There's that name. Uh, and starring Charlie Sheen, Hilary Duff, Eva Longoria, Wayne Brady, Christopher Lloyd, Chris Kattan, Larry Miller, Ed Asner, Jerry Stiller, Christine Baranski, Lawrence Kazanoff, There's that guy again. Harvey Firestein, Cloris Leachman. Haley Duff, Shelley Morrison, Edie McClurg, James Arnold Taylor and Robert Costanzo. Boy, this this movie is uh, this movie' is something else. Brett this this cast is way too good. For oh, to uh, speaking of other members of this cast, uh, Martin Kleba from the Pirates of the Caribbean movies is in this movie uh, as well as uh, John Bloom, aka Joe Bob Griggs. Or Briggs, I think Briggs, Joe Bob Briggs. Sorry, Briggs. yeah, yeah, Joe Bob yeah. Briggs. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> That's right. We watched Food Fight for your sins, listeners. Oh God, yeah, um, we did. Uh, man, this this movie. I
1: feel like is this is this what it's like when you like see an eldritch abomination? Like it just twists your brain, you know to a degree where you like, you can't really comprehend it. Maybe this is the perfect headspace
0: we need to be on to, to talk to the guys from the cast of Cthulhu tomorrow. Maybe, maybe this is just the headspace we need to be in as podcasters. It might be. We, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe by the point this episode airs, that episode will have already uh, been out, but just know chronologically, we watched this one first. Um, if you're a if you're a cast of Cthulhu fan, which why wouldn't you be? Um, but yeah, so we're we're here today to talk to you guys about a little movie called Food Fight, which is. it It is attempting to do for food mascots what Who Framed Roger Rabbit did for 30s and 40s animated characters, what Toy Story did for uh, children's toys. Um, it is doing it much more much much more unsuccessfully though uh for many many reasons um i think the idea is somewhat sound the execution is um not i think it's fairly safe to say
1: oh yeah cuz
0: cuz you've just
1: mentioned two instances where it was incredibly right. successful um it's not hard to do crossovers with things or characters or Ike's um, that.
0: Uh, oh God, I just. We're going to have to explain people. what Ike's uh, are, Brett.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's short for icon. Let
0: me say this right up um, Before you continue, <laughs> Brett, and I know you really want to continue explaining this movie. Before you continue, I just want to say here at the 443 minute mark in our recording, at least that's where we are before we had the theme song. Um, if you have not seen Food Fight, don't Duh, please. do your, do yourselves. And honestly, quite frankly, us a favor and don't, um, if there's one thing, if you, if you're just struggling, like, cause again, this episode is dropping on Thanksgiving day. If you're struggling, you've had a rough year. You don't know what you have in your life to be thankful for. Be thankful that you don't have to watch this movie if you don't want to. Um, because honestly, that's, I would be, if, if, if I were not me, I would be thankful for that. Yeah. I, I and that's not a thing I can right. say anymore. Yeah, that's uh, not a thing we can be. Honestly, Brett, here's a thing we can be thankful for. We never have to watch this movie again. You're right. That is something to be thankful I'm, for. I'm very yes. thankful for that, that that I don't ever oh, have to God. watch this movie again. Um, I yeah. think, Brett, is it safe to say this might be the worst movie we've ever covered on this podcast? No, okay. easily.
1: I won't even give that a second. Thought. Because
0: neither one of us really cared much for Electra, but Electra was at least a movie.
1: Yeah, there was something to grab hold on to. There, there was, look, it was, there was some cool action scenes.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I, I seem yeah, to recall. Maybe, um, maybe. and, and uh, even if your your main stars are checked out, uh, you know, the the, the the some of the visuals were kind of cool looking. There were there were things there. Uh, there was that was that was a movie. It wasn't a good movie, but it was a movie. Um I'm not even sure this is a movie, Brett.
1: No. It uh I mean I've I've been around uh family members who have children who watch the stereotypical like the the your Paw Patrols.
0: My nephews theater. were just watching. I was hanging out with my nephews earlier today. They were also watching that, Paw Patrol.
1: That that sort of thing. This this feels like one of those animated movies, where there's no substance. It's just a lot of pretty pictures to distract But here's the children. thing, even
0: Paw Patrol is trying to teach you something. This movie, there's no educational value to this movie, unless that value is how not to make a movie. Well, sure. Because uh, there's uh, probably all sorts of lessons maybe, you could learn from this movie, On the, as far as that's concerned.
1: Yeah. And maybe Paw Patrol is a bad sure. example. but Because there are children-focused television animation that it is devoid of substance and is just animation to keep sure. you distracted. And this is this is what this feels like to me the entire time. I felt like I was five years old and I was being just sat in front of the television told to uh distract yourself. See
0: and there were I mean there were shows, the kid shows that were when I was in college that my friends loved. Uh there was one show in particular called Booba which just seemed to be like lots of colors and characters kind of dancing around in weird ways. Um, Teletubbies, I think was probably something fairly similar. Just a lot of, you know, bright colors and fun visuals for the kids, you know, for kids, um, you, know, you know, for kids, for kids. Um, but this, sure, sure. Uh, this, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> this is um, the the color is not even that bright. Um, like it, it just, this seems like even a lower rent version of that. Um, which, considering how much money they spent on this, is surprising. The amount of money they spent on
1: this. Now, uh, to be fair, should we get into the history? I'll tell you what
0: let's do. Cause this this episode, I'm gonna be honest with you, this episode is gonna be mostly history. This is probably not gonna be a very long episode, guys. We we don't want to talk about this movie any longer than we really have to. So we're gonna try to keep this one as short as possible. So that having been said, let's go ahead and start with the plot in 60 and try to knock that out. Um and then and then we can move into the the history slash everything else about this movie. Um because I've got I do have a few thoughts um that i would like to uh to to get out because again i i've got some this this movie this movie is something man i don't even know i don't even know what this movie is i'm not gonna lie to you (laughs) i i don't even i again i'm not entirely convinced it's a movie but let's go ahead and flip our friend the coin of justice as we move into the plot in 60 seconds that is the part of the show where brett Uh, or I, at the behest of our friend The Coin of Justice, recount the plot of the film being discussed, in this case, 2012's Food Fight. Uh, In 60 seconds or less, Brett, call The Coin of Justice in the air. For the love of God, please be ahead. Oh, God, thank God. (laughs) Oh, Oh, Jesus. I don't want to do this. Okay. (laughs) Put 60 seconds on the clock. Let's get this over with.
1: Do you just want me to edit in, like, just a bunch of, like, uh, really, like abnormal screeching and no, like really like supernatural like screaming in the background yeah. while,
0: while i do the plot in 60 I actually put some like really um uh put some like happy like calming maybe like new agey john Tesh style music in the background just so <laughs> so that because i am i am ram i am so angry that i have to <laughs> to talk about this movie. Um I, this was my idea. I'm the one that suggested that we do this cuz I thought the story behind it would be really interesting. And the story behind it is I would say the most interesting part about this movie. Um but I didn't really think at the time that I suggested this that I would have to watch the movie. And I think maybe my exact words to you when you brought that up was please, how bad could it be? And I think I texted you as I was starting the movie and I said I immediately regret this decision. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because I, I had watched, um, a, which I rewatched for this episode, a YouTube video um, a, while, a long time ago uh, by JonTron, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. who you may have heard of, um, who was funny back in the day, but has since become an absolute garbage oh, person. Um, so, you know, separate that from it. But it's still a funny episode, and it goes into how bad it is. And so I knew, well, I had an idea. Here's the thing. I had an idea of how bad this movie Mm -hmm. was, and I was like, "Okay, I'm going to go into this. I know it's going to be bad, but maybe I can just, you know, hate watch it and it'll be great." No, let me let me emphasize to you,
0: listeners. Good listener.
1: No, no matter
0: how bad you think this is going into it, it's worse. It's it's just it, and we're going to get into the reasons why it's so much worse than we thought it was initially. Yeah, because if so. you're thinking this is going to be some, you know, inoffensive kids movie, dear listener, you are wrong. This so is not a kids wrong. movie, and it is deeply offensive for for numerous reasons.
1: It's oddly sexual it, in places. I don't know. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Oh,
0: <laughs> that stupid squirrel is so effing horny. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, let's get let's get 60 seconds on the clock so I can get this over with. Oh, my gosh. I don't want to do yeah. this.
1: Uh, I trust me. I didn't want to. I either, know. So.
0: I know there's there was really no winning in this episode. We are all we, I guess the listeners are kind of winners, but you and I are the losers <laughs> out, outright for having to have experienced this movie.
1: Oh, God, you're not wrong. OK, so your time. Starts now. Uh, Marketropolis
0: is the supermarket, and at the night, all the mascots called Ikes, short for Icons, come to life and interact with each other. Uh, the hero is a serial mascot, Dex Dog Detective, who fights uh, a. Fat cat burglar, who's actually a mouse somehow, voiced by Fire Harvey Firestein, tries to propose to his girlfriend, a raisin mascot named Sunshine Goodness, who is a literal cat girl, but she goes missing. Six months later, uh, Brand X moves into the supermarket and all the Ikes start dying. Gee, could it be the Brand X uh, characters or Ikes with their um, Nazi paraphernalia? No, surely not. Surprise, it is. Uh, there's some sort of toxic, sweet ingredient that's in all the Brand X products that is basically killing off all the Ikes. Um, and so uh, Dex and his sidekick, uh, Daredevil Dan, a chocolate squirrel, I'm not even going to get into what I think that's about, um, set out to try to gather the remaining Ikes together and um, make sure that they um, are, can can kill Brandex. Brandex turns out to be um, a, a prune mascot who is unsuccessful. They defeat her, Dex and Sunshine get married, and it's and horrible and awkward and I hate every minute of it. Yep, yep. that's about right. Yeah, Sunshine had been apparently been kidnapped by Brand X somehow question mark in 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 a, in a way that is literally never explained in the movie.
1: Like everything else.
0: Um. So yeah, this movie is terrible. It's real, real bad. Um. And uh, that's our episode. All right. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Disenfranchised Podcast, everybody. <laughs> Ugh. Okay. <sighs> Good night, here's everybody. My, here's my big question. My big takeaway from this movie. And I think at one point I literally wrote this in my notes. Who is this movie even for? Because I don't think there is an answer. You have in this movie, Harvey Firestein, and this is in the opening moments of the movie. Harvey Firestein playing a, a burglar character um, called Fat Cat Burglar, who looks like a rat. He's called a cat. He looks like a rat, does not even remotely look like a cat and as he is getting um dispatched by Dex Dog Detective the worst named character in animation history um he says a line from Harvey Firestein's Torch Song Trilogy i just want to be loved is that so wrong and i'm like weird choice to put this in a movie for kids cuz no one's going to get this ma- this reference i know there I- is a reference to um Torch Song Trilogy, by the way, is a um, it's it's scenes well-regarded play about his life as a drag performer. Um, not something kids would have been familiar with at all. It kind of was kind of his breakout role and the one that kind of catapulted him to uh, prominence in the first place. Um, later in the movie, there is a, a recreation of the scene from Casablanca where the French resistance is. And the the Nazis are singing their um, national anthems back and forth at one another Um, and made made even more awkward by the fact that the brand X characters are literally fashioned as Nazis. Um, You've got the giant eagle symbol Uh, instead of the swastika. You've got a giant X on all of their clothing. Um, It's not subtle. Uh, It's incredibly obvious. Um, and the fact that the the song that the Ikes are singing at that moment is to the tune of the Marseille, which is the French national anthem that is sung in Casablanca. And I'm like, what? Why is this here? Who is this for? The fact that the the squirrel Daredevil Dan, as we mentioned before, is just inordinately horny, just so horny all the time. Um, like ogling women, he he uses the phrase, he or he says the line. Now I'll never get to play lick the frosting with sweet cakes. The hell, the hell is that even?
1: <laughs> I I mean, like at the beginning and periodically, whenever he gets like flustered or nervous, like is that the chocolate chips like fly off of him. I don't really I, know. Yeah,
0: I didn't. Uh,
1: What's going on there?
0: Uh, Sunshine Goodness is a literal cat girl. She is a human girl with cat ears and whiskers drawn on her face. Who is a spokesperson or an icon for right. Raisin? So I'm thinking maybe like she's like Sunshine, like the Sunmade Raisin girl, except no, she's not at all. Because the Sunmade Raisin girl is a human being. And. And then that—that's why, like Dex is,
1: like he eats raisins mm-hmm. all the time, because you know that's what you relate to what a dog yep. likes. Think, things they
0: literally um, are incapable of eating. Yep, correct. <laughs> Absolutely. I can I, If this thing had been <laughs> uh, successful, I—I I don't even want to think about the number of kids that would start feeding raisins to their dogs.
1: Oh God, yeah, probably. So it's—it's it's
0: probably a blessing this thing didn't end up being successful in any in any capacity.
1: And like it, it almost seems like this the 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 brands they couldn't get deals with they just replaced them with a generic version in the movie because you got like a Count Chocula sort yes, of character played
0: by Larry Miller who is probably just by default the best thing about this movie. <laughs> he at least seems like he's like, having a good time riffing in the sound booth, even if that doesn't come through on screen at all. Like he's at least having some fun. Yeah. someone had and fun making just... this movie and I'm glad it was larry miller <laughs>
1: he's He's a bat
0: that is horny yeah, for chocolate it's literally it's... and it doesn't matter what 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 that chocolate appears in the shape of like he's horny for Dan because he's a chocolate squirrel. Uh, I think at one point in the movie we're supposed to assume that he's horny for the chocolate hippos like just he's a he's a vampire he's a vampire bat a bat stylized like a vampire who's horny for chocolate. What is he yeah. the spokesperson for? Uh-huh. They never nope. mention it. Uh
1: the stuff that they couldn't get brand deals for, they make knockoffs of, but never say what what the knockoff right. brand is. So we got we've cause... got
0: Sunshine Goodness, we've got uh Vlad Mochakol or whatever. Um and then uh there's also the uh, uh Lola Fruto, I think is is the name of the uh knockoff Chiquita Banana Lady uh played by the the maid from um oh what's the name of that show? Uh Will and Grace. Shelly Morrison, Lola Frutola, that's her name, Lola Frutola. Uh, and she is played by Shelly Morrison, who was the the maid character uh, Rosario on Will and Grace. And honestly, she's the most maybe one to one ripoff mm-hmm. character. And honestly, the only reason she's probably there is because after six months, after, six months later, after Sunshine disappears, Dex is running a nightclub called the Copa Banana. Because food puns, everybody, the height of hilarity, food puns.
1: <laughs> yeah, see, there's times when you can do it right and sometimes when you can do it wrong. And as much as I also hate Sausage Party, almost as much as I hate this movie, there's some pretty funny food puns in Sausage Party. Um, the food
0: puns in this are this awful. one, no. Kung Tofu? Yeah, Yeah. That might be the most egregious thing yeah. about this movie, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. The
1: only one that even comes remotely to being clever is Melon Rouge.
0: Yeah, Melon, which is the first one I saw.
1: Yeah, Uh, and but even I mean, it it comes close to being clever, but it is it doesn't quite hit. Yeah,
0: the the Chester Cheetah analog is a character called Cheezle T Weasel, Um,
1: which is crazy because if you watch the original trailer for this movie, Chester Cheetah is featured mm prominently. He's riding around a motorcycle and everything. Yeah, so. The brand deal with uh,
0: Cheeto Cheetos must have must fell have through. through and, yeah. Well, and you get between. I mean, the, here's the thing. This movie took f- at least a decade to finally be released. Like it was supposed to be released Christmas 2003. And it didn't come out until. Um, what's the the release date on this? Uh, was released on June 15th, 2012. To a handful of theaters in the United Kingdom, didn't even have a United States release. Uh, so this is kind of one of those we're covering it on a technicality kind of movies. Um, but uh, but, yeah, we're we're, we're covering all, all the same. So let's get into the history a little bit. Yeah. Um, The the one name you need to remember, if you didn't get it from when I was listing off this movie's uh, credits, the one name you need to take away from this movie is Lawrence Larry Kasanoff. He is the reason for this movie. He was in the late 80s and into the 90s, a Hollywood producer. Uh, He and he had honestly been producer on some pretty good movies. Uh, You Can't Hurry Love. Uh, your mileage may vary, but Chud 2, Bud the Chud, uh, Far From Home, Catherine Bigelow's Blue Steel. Um, he was an executive producer on True Lies. He was a producer on the Mortal Kombat movies. Um, like he he was a fairly big producer. He had some pretty big credits. The, I think this, the 1999, is it the Christopher Lambert Beowulf or the Robert Zemeckis Beowulf? I'm yeah, it's the Christopher Lambert Beowulf. Well, okay, never mind. <laughs> um, but he and he also um, had through his production company, um, which was called Threshold, um, the rights to um, some Lego videos, basically not the Lego movie, but, you know, just some like direct to video um, Lego stuff that he had the rights to. And around 1999, he gets the idea based on the success of who framed Roger rabbit and toy story to do basically what toy story did, but with icons and mascots that you see in the grocery store. And so he and um, some other people begin to write this script for this movie um, called food fight that would basically incorporate these very famous brands would basically give them, they would pay this, so they would help fund the movie um, the movie's production in exchange for their characters being featured relatively prominently within the film. And then they would provide essentially free marketing for the movie in all of their products. And for all the characters that are in this movie, there are a lot more product. There's even more product placement within this movie. Like there's a can of Dinty Moore beef stew that plays a very important role later in the film.
1: Yeah. And they, and, uh, What's her name mentions Chef Boyardee making them a big Mm -hmm. fancy dinner.
0: And then, of course, you get cameos from Mr. Clean, the joke with him being immediately tired that he is constantly getting messy, like he's constantly getting things spilled on him, Um, be it mud, beverages, watermelons, whatever. Mr. Clean is always getting dirty. That's the joke. Get it. Uh, Mrs. Butterworth is in the movie. At one point, I think she spills some of her syrup on <laughs> Mr. Clean because it's funny. Uh, Charlie the Tuna is in this movie. Twinkie the Kid. Punchy, the mascot for um, Hawaiian Punch. I
1: punch. The California, California Raisins,
0: raisins are the, the house band at the Copa Banana. Um, I think there was in one shot, um, I saw the owl, the Tootsie Roll owl from those old 60s and 70s commercials. Um, I'm pretty sure that big pink blob was supposed to be Mr. Bubble. Um, I'm not a hundred percent on that, but it kind of looked like Mr. Bubble. So, I mean, there were, there are some recognizable brands. None of them are main characters in this movie. Only a few of them even have speaking lines. Um, they're usually just kind of there in the background while our, our characters created for this film take front and center.
1: Which is funny. If you look at the cover art for the DVD mm-hmm. release, um, the brand characters are front and mm-hmm. center and very tiny in the background of the main character.
0: Yeah. And we'll, we we'll, I'm sure we'll have used that art for our Twitter and social media promotion. So you can, you can see what we mean if you had to at uh, disenfranch pod on Twitter and take a look at that. But yeah, the, I mean, so that that's his idea essentially. So they start this, this thing starts production in the, in 99, 2000 uh, and it's scheduled for a, 20, or I'm sorry, a Christmas 2003 release, as I said before. Um, and then sometime in 2002, all of the hard drives with this movie on it are stolen. And to this day, no one knows what happened to them. Um, the only examples of the art from this movie that exist today. Are found in the original trailer, which you can find on YouTube. I will try to remember to link to it in the show notes. I always say I'm going to link to things in the show notes, and I almost never do. Um, I'm going to try to get better at that. Um, But um, you can see, and there are some videos online that will do a shot for shot recreation of the scene from the trailer and the scene from its corresponding scene from the movie. And you can see the trailer's animation is significantly better by today's standards it's still pretty pretty janky pretty cheap looking but i mean again you go back and you watch the original toy story or if you go back and watch the original shrek um those also look kind of cheap looking by today's standards so the the digital animation kind of came a long way in a very short amount of time
1: yeah whereas the finished product looks like something from a well, I mean, game. The, the, finish, the finished really product, bad.
0: the animation is clearly not even finished. Like, clearly. Oh,
1: yeah, there's lots of... Yeah, there's the, what, like, mouths don't match up to the dialogue sometimes. There's a layering issue. There's a couple scenes where you can see one layer clearly goes over another yeah, layer. The, <laughs> like, they didn't...
0: The animation, right. like, they didn't finish the animation on the characters, so they're, like, just kind of stuck on a loop so they can be doing something. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's bad. It's because again, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it here momentarily, but like at, by the, by the time we get to this point in the story, the people that now own the rights to the movie just want it to be done already.
1: Yeah. Uh, Also the, the looping of, uh, shots Mm. at the end, like the big final battle is just mostly loops of the same shot. I was going to say
0: there's that one shot where the. Oh, what do they call them? The exobytes uh keep getting hit by uh like gooey things, and it's they I swear they use the same shot at least five times. At least yeah. five times. Um and if if they don't use the exact same shot, they'll tweak one or two elements of it to make it look slightly different, even though it is clearly the same shot. Um yeah, this I mean, so the the first thing about this movie where I think this movie really fundamentally starts to go wrong is the the hubris of Larry Kazanov. Uh because he's obviously we need someone to shepherd this project. Obviously, we need I don't trust anybody but myself. He seems like one of those guys who was a producer for so long and thinks, you know what? I can probably do this directing thing. And so he is. And if you look, most of his experience to this point in the 90s, Like the last movie he – the last thing he works on in the 90s is the Christopher Lambert Beowulf and the TV series Mortal Kombat Conquest, which he is a a producer and executive producer on, respectively. Um, So he's mostly familiar with live action up to this point. And so he then takes over an animated movie. and. Animation is a very different beast, a very different animal from live action. So some of the direction he would give to his animators are things like make that more awesome or make that 30 percent better. Um, You know, things that you can't really do much with. I mean, as as a theater actor, I often uh, the what's the what's the joke? Oh, yeah. Do that again. Just take all the suck out of it, please. Like that's kind of a a joke amongst acts amongst some of my actor friends. And I like, could you do that again? Just take all the suck out of it. Thanks. Um, but that's, that's essentially the direction that he's giving. Um, he was also like animators are a, uh, a notoriously arrested development, horny, um, childish lot. So they would illustrate the lady X character in a lot of skimpy and suggestive outfits, uh, and Kazanov would see those and go, hey those are great let's put those in the movie uh, which is why uh, you've got her in a schoolgirl outfit at one point um like these these outfits that make no sense for this character to be wearing she's wearing them in this movie literally because the the horny animators were joking around and the director thought it was good and wanted it put in the movie um so I mean yeah the the main, the main problem here is the director. I, I I will I will brook no dissent on that point. Like, he is the reason this thing is as bad as it is.
1: Yeah, it certainly sounds like it. Um, although we shouldn't lump all animators into that uh, category. I, I mean, not...
0: many are. Just what I've heard about animators, and I'm not trying to make blanket statements, but, you know.
1: Well, and to be fair, I don't really know any animators, so you could be right. I just, you know, I... We shouldn't make blanket I, statements about. You're, you're, you're not wrong,
0: and 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 <laughs> you sh- you're, you're not wrong, and you should say it.
1: Uh, but I mean, yeah, from what I have heard, and from what I know of the modding community and in, in, the, in the video various video game spaces, um,
0: yeah, yeah similar more, similar similar games. types <laughs> there, yeah. So I mean, and so yeah, I mean that's so. that's why you you come up with this, but you know, yeah. So all the all the hard drives get stolen in 2002. No one knows what happens. So rather than kind of what I think most people would do in that situation and just kind of cut your losses and move on. um, Kazanov doubles down and decides I'm going to remake it. And I've got some new ideas. So then he starts tweaking with the formula, tweaking with the movie. And that's probably when some of those deals kind of fell through. Cause again, Chester Cheetah prominently in that trailer Nowhere in this movie. Uh, instead, we have Cheezle T. Weasel, um, who is an abomination unto the Lord. Is He looks like a giant. He does. He's shiny, which is another way of uh, that, you know, the animation was not finished because he's supposed to be a weasel, but he's shiny. Um, actually, he was in some of the original animation for the original film, too. So I don't know if he was just another similar character type or or what, but.
1: Or maybe he had a different name or certain sure. purpose. Who knows? But you
0: know, there's there's images in the uh in the trailer of him like throwing open his coat with all the like, hey, you wanna buy a watch kid kind of miscellaneous stuff in there. Like those there are a couple images of that in the trailer, but like his hair is not fully rendered, so he's literally shiny on most of his body. His neck bends in weird and off putting ways, um, and stretches in similarly weird and off putting ways uh like his neck seems to kind of have a mind of its own uh throughout this movie and he is voiced by director Lawrence Kazanov. Oh this this is who he chose to voice yeah. in the film.
1: I know. I this is my brain child. I'm going to voice that guy.
0: Oh god. Yes, I want to be creepy weasel man. So so basically there are because of the premise and because of the success of that premise in other media, uh, Toy Story and Who Framed Roger Rabbit being the obvious examples, um, Lionsgate is interested um in distributing the film, like there's interest, but the production just keeps getting delayed with these asinine requests that he's making of his animation staff, with the fact that he keeps tweaking the premise, with the fact that he's has no idea what he's doing with regard to animation. Um like the production just keeps getting delayed and delayed and delayed. Um, and so eventually I think, I think I read somewhere that he ended up getting fired off the move. Kazanov ended up getting fired off the movie. I don't know how accurate that is, um, but the movie ends up going up for auction and is purchased by an insurance company called the fireman's fund insurance company who purchased it for $2.5 million. Um, And essentially they just want to get the movie out as quickly as possible so they can get a return on their investment. So the animation is horribly unfinished. They try to rush it together to make it look somewhat, you know, palatable and stick it out into theaters in 2012 um, by which point the animation that would have looked probably maybe slightly cheap by 2002 standards looks egregiously cheap by 2012 standards. Um, it is released in the United Kingdom um, where it does less than a million dollars in box office and then is unceremoniously released on DVD in pretty much every other market. Um and every now and again, someone on Twitter will rediscover this movie and be like, have you heard about this? What is this thing? Uh, and so it'll it'll make the rounds. The movie is available in its entirety on YouTube. But again, dear listener, you don't have to watch it.
1: No, it, it it's it's very much like the tape from The Ring. Like, just don't watch it. It might kill you in seven days. We This might be our last episode. We don't know. We might be dead uh i'm concerned (laughs) Um, i wasn't until you said
0: something and now i am (laughs) uh it's
1: just it feels like one of those urban legends this one of those movies that you're not really supposed Mm -hmm. to watch it's buried in the internet there's a reason that it is yeah it's cursed in some sort of the same token
0: youtube's not exactly the dark web
1: no no you're right i mean that We can probably feel safe knowing that it's on YouTube and in in its entirety. In in, in
0: a couple of different places, too. But by the same token, this movie is also an hour and a half long, which is about an hour too long for this movie. (laughs) Good lord, yes. At one point Uh, I paused the movie um, just to see kind of how much I had left, because I was going to spend some time with my nephew and my sister. uh, My nephews and my sister and her husband. And um, so I, I paused the movie just to see how much time I had left thinking I, I've been watching this for a while. I've I'm probably close to the oh, let's say two thirds of the way through. Uh, no, I was 37 minutes in, Brett, 37 minutes in. And I'm thinking this movie is reaching its conclusion. But here's what I didn't expect. Here's what I didn't see coming, Brett. Uh, Forty five minutes of the most terribly paced, terribly animated cartoon war in a grocery store i have ever seen
1: yeah full disclosure i i wasn't able to watch this all in one sitting i had to do it in bits and pieces over the course of a few hours um and even then i still fast forwarded through a decent amount of it
0: not, not uh, me all in I one could... sitting all all at one time and i
1: you're a god of I, i'm not but uh, i don't you have the willpower of some sort of Greek god. I don't know how you did it. Uh, teach me your ways, because uh, God, I couldn't do it. Uh, yeah, movie's bad. So, I mean, I I got through it. I, I, the stuff I fast forwarded through doesn't really sound like I missed anything. Because I mean, it all it all came together at the end, just the way I anticipated. Yeah,
0: it. and here's the thing: it's it's almost it it's almost impossible not to know how this movie is going to end because it is, everything is choreographed right there from the jump. Yeah. yeah. I, mm.
1: Is mm. it's just a stock standard story with subpar animation mm-hmm. and a, you know, a voice cast that is on the whole way better than it should
0: be. Um, and, and it's, uh, yeah, it should also be noted a, a celebration of American capitalism. Yeah, because just, just, they, they will stop at nothing to tell you how important these brands are, these Ikes are to American iconography and, and how important they are and and why they're why they should be protected at all costs. And oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, it almost feels like all of these brands that, you know, pay to be in the movie. It feels like they at one point might have taken this movie and shown it to their employees. That's like, look at this wonderful statement about the company you work for and the brands that you support and just propaganda is the one I'm
0: looking for. Except none of those brands, none of those brands ever amount to literally anything. I think the most that happened to any of those, um, recognizable icons is that Charlie, the tuna literally gets stepped on by lady X. That's like, I think the most that happens to any of those characters. Um, punchy punches someone in a bar fight uh mr clean gets stuff spilled on him a lot someone makes a ball joke um at his expense i think that's about it the vlasic stork is like bare like most of them are just kind of shown in like big crowd scenes as as the camera's like sweeping by well
1: yeah it's probably the same sort of uh Bugs Bunny, Mickey Mouse situation, right? Where the brands are all like, okay, you can't, you can't do this, if you mm-hmm. can't do that. We all of we all have to have the same amount mm-hmm. of lines. One one brand can't be more important than the other. The so, difference
0: like- is that the characters created for Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Toy Story both are interesting, compelling, and fully formed. The characters in this are just like, like a type. Like oh let's take a McGruff the Crime Dog meets Cookie Cop, and put them together, and then we have Dex Dog Detective, who is like a the Cinnamon Sleuth is what his door. So he's a cinnamon flavored cereal, and you have to imagine that if this movie was successful, they would have absolutely made Dex Dog Detective cereal. You would have had some kind of candy bar featuring Daredevil Dan on it. You would have been able to buy sunshine goodness raisins um, in an actual supermarket had these things taken off. Dude, the secret is inside. yeah, Because see. that's where the toy surprise usually is, I guess. Is is that what that's a reference to? I That's the impression I got, but who the who, fuck knows? Who, really? who the fuck does know, really? Um, <laughs> at the end of the day... Who the fuck knows? No, that's yeah, no, you're absolutely <laughs> right. Like, that was the impression that I got. But again, this movie is not going to do you any favors by telling you anything. So,
1: no, no. not, not, it's not going to explain how mm-hmm. the world works, it's not going to explain how these characters work, it's not going to explain, like, okay, when the real world goes away at night, the place comes to life, but the products are still sentient. Mm-hmm and can see stuff and interact with the real world. Like when the brand
0: X representative steps on a bag of salt and vinegar chips, the mascot sees it and vows vengeance on brand X. Um, and then at one point, like our heroes, daredevil, Dan and Dex dog detective, these terrible names, I swear, um, have to like go out in, in the supermarket during the day when they're like the aisles are bustling with shoppers. um, the animation in that scene is particularly bad. The human characters look like, um, have you seen the music video for the song money for nothing? They look yes. like characters from that music video.
1: Yeah. But like more. Yeah. Disturbing.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Significantly more disturbing. Yeah. But in terms of just animation quality, like it, it's how many ways can I say this movie's not good?
1: Uh, we're finding new ways. We're trying. Um, because uh, that's what this movie deserves—just finding new ways to describe how bad And here's
0: I'm the scared. thing: I, ever since our an early episode, I have been loath to just crap all over a movie. But I, I'm like I said. Other than the fact that I can tell Larry Miller's having a good time and Christopher Lloyd is in this movie, there's what else can I say? I mean, there are two legends in this movie does contain performances by two legends who are no longer with us as of this year, Cloris Leachman and Ed Asner. I don't want to talk about this movie in conjunction with their legacies. That seems wrong. It does. and it is. Ed Asner is the, uh, the head, the supermarket head and uh, Cloris Leachman is one of the brand X hench women. um, A very like overweight Ilsa. She Wolf of the SS kind of character. Um, Jerry Stiller plays the Nazi general, at least for, for at least half of the movie. And I think the other half he's played by Martin Kleba, uh, because they probably needed to do voiceover work. (laughs) Jerry Stiller said, no, (laughs) would be my guess. Probably needed to go back in ADR some stuff. And Jerry Stiller was like, no, screw that. I've got, I've got better things to do, like not play a Nazi in a movie. You get a Jewish guy to play a Nazi. That's kind of weird like it. I mean, problems. This movie has problems, deep problems. There's a, there's a, a, the, the aforementioned Kung tofu who is clearly voiced by a white man doing an egregious Chinese stereotype of an accent. The same actor does the voice of Francois fromage, who is a tiny French legionnaire who at one point pulls down his pants and jumps up to fart in the face of one of the uh, Nazi looking bad guys um, and a cloud of green smoke comes out of his ass. Um, these are things that happen in this movie.
1: Yeah. Similar to the frog at the beginning. who also does the yeah. same thing, but that has no context No, He just pops He hops uh, just... out of the
0: sewer. He farts. He jumps. He gets squashed by the sewer grate and Mr. Clean gets doused in mud. That that's, yeah. that happens in this movie. That is a thing that I'm even that gonna thing. say we let it happen because I had no, I played no role in letting that happen. Lawrence Kazanoff let that no.
1: happen. He did. And is this is this is this movie a war crime? I'll let
0: I'll I'll <laughs> Maybe. Let, I'll leave that for, for people far more uh far more uh apt at figuring that, that information out. <laughs> Does this movie break the Geneva Convention? Find out more. Here is the thing: you could probably use this as as a form of torture. This thing is 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 more egregious than just about any any movie I've ever seen. In fact, I, I like I said, I spent some time with my my parents, my sister, and her family, and um, I, I think I I mentioned uh, I think I've just seen the worst movie I've ever seen. Um, it's bad. It's it's very startlingly bad.
1: Yeah, I hope we haven't undersold it, listeners, because um, maybe you don't believe us. Maybe you're like, oh, they're just punching down. They've been here before. Here's the thing. Here's what's uh. going to happen.
0: I just have a feeling we're going to get some letter from somebody, maybe even somebody we know that's essentially just going to be, you know what? I thought Food Fight was pretty good for what it was. um, Listener, it's not. It's not pretty good for what it was.
1: No, a lot of times I will say, hey. Agree to disagree. Let bygones be bygones. We can have our opinions. Uh not this time. Uh not ever.
0: Uh look. <laughs> this movie is bad. If, and you should if feel you like bad. this movie, fine. Okay, I'll concede.
1: No, it's Brett, not fine. You should not you like shouldn't. this movie. I
0: agree. You should not. But if you like this movie, there's nothing I can do to stop you. So if you like this movie, continue to like this movie. Just I would ask that you do me one favor. Don't tell me about it.
1: Just keep it yeah,
0: I just, I just, I don't need to hear from the fans of Food Fight. Um, I really don't. Um, it's bad. It's it's egregious on on levels I'm not comfortable talking about. Um, it real, real bad.
1: Because I wouldn't be surprised if there's people out there that like it ironically, and I don't want to hear
0: from you either. <laughs> like, no, like, this, this thing does have five star reviews no. on Letterbox, and most of them are ironic yeah i don't need to hear from that i don't need to hear that either no because you're not fooling anybody all right i'm brett i'm calling it let's let's (laughs) let's move on to the box office well hold on let me let me bring it up let me let me let me bring it up a little bit
1: because i've decided in 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 all fairness to save us a little bit of sanity have a fun little time and an interesting trip to Brett's video game. Oh dear corner. lord! Um, <laughs> because over the many years of video games, there's been
0: many brand mm-hmm. tie-ins. Um, I remember there there was a some, spot video game in the 90s. I do remember that one. There was absolutely cool spot. Did um, didn't the Noid have was, a video game as well? Yeah, Yo, Yo Noid. Noid. Yeah, the
1: Noid did 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 have a video game. Um, you also had, uh, the Kool-Aid man had his own video game, but you had to, uh, mail in the little proof of purchases on the back of the Kool-Aid packets to get it. Um, that was for the Atari 2600. (laughs) Um, if that tells you how old that was, um, you had the Chester Cheetah too cool to fool. Okay. Um, where you had, what was basically a Sonic the Hedgehog game just with Chester Cheetah.
0: Okay, Interesting.
1: Um. Moved moved really fast. Um, you may remember that Burger King had a series of Xbox 360 games that they gave away with uh, meals. I didn't until Um, you just said that. Yeah, you could get it was like you got like a free video game instead of like a kid's Mm -hmm. toy. It was kind of insane. Um, and you got different ones. There's 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 like a, a a racer. There was um so it's like motorbikes racing yeah. on motorbikes. There was like a football football style game. I think there was uh one called Sneak King. Where, like you had to like sneak around and surprise
0: women. Yeah, that, weird. That, that uh, seems like a bad idea. Based on those um, commercials where w- the Wake Up with the King commercials, where someone would wake up and he would the king would just be in bed next to them with a breakfast sandwich.
1: Yeah. 'Cause it was the nineties was a different time.
0: It was wrong then, it's uh, wrong now. But for some reason they allowed it then. I don't know why.
1: Yeah. Even though well, okay, it, it was the early two thousands, mm-hmm. apparently. This is two thousand six. So it, it, ignore me. Um it was also the early two thousands. Uh then we have maybe one of the most well known because they they actually re released it in the past like five or ten years, is Chex Quest. Interesting. Uh where you could you could send off proof of purchases from your checks serial uh, and they would send you the game it was basically just doom but with like a veneer of checks theming all okay over
0: that, yeah that doesn't sound weird at all
1: uh it was i mean it was definitely weird uh but kind of fun cuz doom is a fun game to play and you know checks is good i
0: guess um, as, as cereals for grown-ups go sure
1: Yeah. And then probably the weirdest one is Captain Novalin. If you are familiar with uh, Novalin, it is a type of insulin. And Captain Novalin was the mascot of this insulin brand that helped educate kids about type 1 diabetes. Okay. He had his own video
0: game. Okay. I mean, sure. I can't imagine too many kids are... Pound in the pavement to find copies of Captain Novalin, but all right.
1: Uh but that's that's the weirdest one. Yeah, um, oh, I, I don't disagree. <laughs> and well and we'll leave off with that. Uh thanks for coming to Brett's Video Game Corner. That was the product tie-in edition. Um yeah, comment with your favorite uh video like video game brand mascot. There's probably some I
0: missed. And that so, would yeah. make a great top five list one day, Brett. For our Patreon, yeah, disenfagized, uh patreon.com slash disenfranchod uh at the $5 level. Uh through the end of this month, you can get two monthly episodes of uh disenfavchized. Uh next month, we're adding a new show at the five dollar level uh called Unenfranchised, uh, where we talk about movies that killed franchises. Uh first episode is gonna be next month and featuring our friend Hope Lickner, who's on our Dune episode. So tune in for that. Um Food Fight, our Dune episode, most listened to episode. Um, one, it's two two downloads away from being our most downloaded episode ever. So uh, yeah, it's 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 really close, right on that line there. So, yeah. uh, Food Fight was released in uh, theaters in Great Britain on June fifteenth, twenty twelve. Uh, it cost the movie itself in total cost about sixty five million dollars uh and it grossed in in the international box office nothing domestic because again it was released really straight to DVD here but the international box office uh it grossed 73,706 dollars that is worldwide 19 uh, or I'm sorry 20,000 of that was the UK uh the other 53 uh thousand dollars or so um fifty four thousand came from the rest of the world, according to the um according to the details on the numbers.com. dot com opening much more successfully in America on this weekend in first place in its second weekend hanging on to that number one spot is a movie we could probably talk on, on about on unfranchised one of these days madagascar three europe's most wanted uh in second right. place uh holding its spot from the week before, uh, is the movie Prometheus Ridley Scott's triumphant return to the alien franchise. Um, which we didn't know unless we stuck around for that post credit sequence. Um, in, in third place opening this weekend is, uh, the Tom Cruise musical rock of ages, uh, which he's actually doing some pretty okay work in that That movie is generally not good, but he's got a, a small but memorable cameo in that one. um, in fourth place, also new this weekend. What if Adam Sandler was Andy Sandberg's dad? It's That's My Boy, uh, a movie which pretty, pretty much bombed, uh, did not do very well. Uh, in fifth place, uh, down from third the weekend before. And in its third weekend, it's Snow White and the Huntsman, uh, a movie that would unceremoniously fire its star um, because um, she was sleeping with her director. But Chris Hemsworth at least got a franchise out of it for some reason in sixth place down from four uh, in its fourth weekend is Men in Black three in seventh place down from five the week before in its seventh week is going to be the number one highest grossing movie of the year. It's The Avengers, which has already grossed almost six hundred thousand dollars at the box office at this point, just seven weeks in. Uh, in eighth place, the best exotic marigold hotel. Ninth place, uh, Wes Anderson's Moonrise Kingdom, and in tenth place, a movie we can absolutely cover on this podcast one day, and maybe we will. Battleship.
1: Ah, uh, yes, the movie based on a board game, mm-hmm. yeah. not done since. Clue.
0: Right, and uh, since not done before or since. Hold on, I'm searching my memory bank. You could probably just type in movies based on board games, and that would probably... I probably
1: but could. But you're not gonna. Nah, I'm not.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure it hasn't been. Um, this so movie does not have a tomatometer score. Uh, th- no no critics have reviewed this movie, um, or I guess three have reviewed this movie, which is not enough for a, a tomatometer score, apparently. But the audience score is 10%. Based on over a thousand ratings, uh, the Metascore uh, also does not exist for this movie. Um, no Metascore whatsoever. So we're I mean, we're we're doing we're doing great here. And the letterboxed score, again, probably the lowest letterboxed score I've ever seen. 0.9. Nine tenths of a star this movie has earned on letterboxd Um, Brett out of five stars. And I think at this point, no one should be surprised by uh, by the rating that we're probably going to end up giving this movie. But what would uh, you rate this movie out of five stars?
1: Five stars. What are you talking about? (laughs) No, minus five stars. You
0: can't can't give negative stars. All right, fine. Zero then. Uh and uh, to quote or to paraphrase, I guess, the uh, the movie, um, Billy Madison, uh, I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. That is the dumbest
1: thing I have ever <laughs> Everyone heard. Everyone
0: is now dumber for having listened to your inane rambling. Um I mean a simple no would have been fine, but okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this 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 movie is it, it is easily the worst movie that we have covered on this podcast by by a pretty wide margin. Everyone on this podcast is now dumber for having seen it. Um, so which is which yeah. is why I award no points. And uh may God have mercy on Lawrence Kasinov's soul. Um, because oh my gosh, this movie's it's bad. It's real, real bad. to, <laughs> to say, say the, the least. least. If if I mean if we've if we've told you anything up to this point hopefully you've you've come to that conclusion anyway but
1: yeah but hey we hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, hopefully
0: you guys uh were able to spend some time with your family or if if not that you were at least able to spend some time with yourself doing something you enjoy. Uh and if you have to work today um I'm that's a bummer. I'm sorry. Um but hey, we love you and if you got to spend the day with us, hopefully we were able to make it a little better for you. Uh, even by talking about this really shitty movie. <laughs> um,
1: Hopefully our descent into madness. is Right. Me.
0: Again, perfect headspace for getting ready to record a, uh, uh, uh an episode with the, the boys from cast of Cthulhu. I think that's gonna, it's going to treat us very well. Um, that's but true. at any, yeah, go, go listen to that episode. That'll, that'll probably be, that'll probably reset your, your calibration for, for this podcast anyway. Um, This has been the food fight episode of the disenfranchised podcast. Uh, You can find us on all of your social media platforms, provided that all your social media platforms include only the following platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, and Facebook. Um, I am your host, Stephen Foxworthy. You can find me on Instagram, Letterboxd, and Twitter at Chewy Walrus. Brett, where can we find you on social media? Uh you can find me on Twitter, Letterboxd, and Instagram at sus underscore warlock. Correct. And while you're while you're out and about on Thanksgiving, um, we would be thankful if you uh would swing by Apple Podcasts and leave us a nice juicy five-star rating and review. Uh let everybody know how much you love us and why you love us. Uh let them know why this is the episode they need to start with. No, don't tell them that. That'll I'll scare them right off. I'm... No. <laughs> but don't but, uh, but yeah, um, we would, we would be really thankful if you do that, but we're thankful that you listen anyway. Uh, and we, we do appreciate it. Uh, and again, if you want to, we've got some great stuff coming up next month and, um, maybe there's something else dropping on our, um, Patreon today as well. So if you're a patron, maybe check that out. If you're not a patron, maybe swing by patreon.com slash disenfranch pod and see what that might be. Um, but uh, but yeah, cool cool things are happening. Brett's giving the little uh, schemey fingers a great hey. visual joke for an auditory medium. Um, yep, <laughs> perfect, love it. Cut, print.
1: Look, look. Sometimes I just do stuff for you, and then you try to describe it to the listeners, and
0: then it doesn't make. I, it. No, I think it's funny. I, I I I don't know. I think that's funny. <laughs> Maybe it's not funny. I don't know. I'm at this point. I don't even know which way's up. Why? Because I watched no. Food Fight. Great God. googly moogly this movie. All right. Well, I, I promise you we're talking about a better movie. next. Are we talking about a better movie next week? Hold on. Let me see what movie we're actually planning on talking about next week. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe on. we went through this entire hold, episode hold. and didn't talk about Charlie Sheen's slow descent into madness
1: uh everybody like it's been talked to death we didn't
0: (laughs) we don't need to to litigate the charlie sheen of it all um i i I don't know if this movie's uh, the movie we're talking about next week is better or not but we are fulfilling an obligation to a listener next week um doing remember early in this podcast when we said uh weekly hey give us a movie to talk about and we'll talk about it one listener did it and so next week's the week we're talking about it so stay tuned for that it's gonna be fun it's gonna kick off our Last month of the year. And we actually do have some pretty fun stuff planned for next month. I'm, I'm actually excited about December. December is going to be a good month.
1: Yeah, it'll be a lot more fun. Maybe we'll find a way out of this hole of madness. We found our, if subject. we don't
0: die in seven days from having watched this. Fingers crossed. Ooh, I'm hoping um, at any rate, until next time, when we are guaranteed to be talking about a better movie, uh, I am Stephen Foxworthy for my co-ho- co-host, co-host, for my co-host brett Wright and myself um any jingle that's set to the tune of marseille um i don't think we can really call it a jingle at that point i don't know call me crazy you're crazy